Thank you, Ryan. Amen. Good morning. It's good to see so many of us gathering on the long weekend. And just a reminder, it is the first Sunday of the month, and we will be having communion. So if you haven't been reminded yet, these are out in the foyer. We're looking at doing them in a, a new way, sort of get back to community idea. But for today, if you didn't get your communion cup, there are some in the foyer, and I won't mind if you just get up and leave, as long as you don't you know, look angry. Oh, no, he's preaching again. My name is Brian. I am on the board here. And uh, it's a pleasure to be on the board here, and we are, we're excited. Steve and his family are off for another week until they come back and start digging in. So continue to pray for them, please. They need rest, and they need direction, and they need peace, and um, God provides all of that, but he helps through your prayers. Josh and his family will be settling in in the next couple of weeks. We're very excited about that. Um, we've been talking for such a long time about getting an associate pastor, um, and now we do. And I'm very excited. He's, he, he really, we, we met him as a board. Uh, committee had talked to him before. Um, he seems like the right guy with the right gifts at the right time. So we're very excited about that. Uh, and I am carrying on some courses of study that I've been taking, and I'm still available. However, uh, Steve sees to, to fit me in on his schedule, I, and I, I certainly enjoy doing that as I do this morning. So we're at Psalm 96. We've been looking at different psalms, and we've been looking at aspects of celebration in the psalms. Psalm 96 is a little bit different, like all the other psalms. In fact, we could say the Psalm 96 is unique, just like all the other psalms. But there's a sort of a hidden message in it, I think, that I hope to unpack. So just before we get to the text, let's pray again. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit who's here to teach us. Help us know you better this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 96, and we've titled this morning, uh, Turning Off Cruise Control. And Ryan read for us the first six verses. But let's go back to the first verse. Psalm 96, 1, O sing to the Lord a new song. What's new? Well, the writer goes on to have various things to talk about, and we can kind of break the psalm into three sections, and the first section is a proclamation. This new song he wants to sing is a proclamation. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. You know, sometimes we, we have a passion for evangelism and proclaiming the gospel. We've got to remember a lot of the essence of the gospel is who God is. It's not just people's sorrow and their sin, but the good news is this is who God is. Proclaim it. Proclaim it among the nations. And for this context, this is a Jew writing the song and a Jew singing the song back, you know, 3,000 years ago. And the idea of just proclaiming it to the nations. Don't conquer the nations. Don't convert the nations. Just go to the nations and proclaim the greatness of God, his marvelous works among all the people. Verse 4, great is the Lord. I mean, there, there aren't enough words. There aren't the right words to capture all of that, but we can just say great. Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. He is feared above all gods. 
For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Now, most of us don't have little idols in our homes. We don't have little statues and statuettes that we worship. But most of us have little things in our lives that are a priority, that become the center of our thoughts. Don't forget that the Lord God made the heavens. That's pretty good. No one else could. We're still trying to understand the heavens. <laughs> and we got spaceships and satellites and, and, and some pretty good computers. We're starting to figure things out a little bit. He made them. That's all. That's the God who deserves a new song. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. We all need strength and beauty. We want to see strength and beauty. We need to experience strength and beauty. And there it is in God's presence. This is a new song. So proclamation then. What is, what, what is this, this songwriter talking about as far as proclamation? Pro proclaim his salvation. And again, keep in mind, when this was written, they didn't fully understand Jesus and the cross and sin and righteousness. But they knew that God was a saving God, that the story of God is always about him rescuing people from something. Proclaim his salvation. Proclaim his glory. Proclaim that he made the heavens. We need that voice to rise in our culture to give God credit for what he's done. He made the heavens. There's a lot of other interesting theories. <laughs> but he made the heavens, and strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. The middle chunk of the psalm is all about an invitation. Starting in verse 7, Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the Lord. Ascribe to the Lord, or sorry, families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. This invitation is to all the other nations. The families of those nations, you get to know who God is. It's going to those sort of outside of our context, outside of our clan, outside of our culture, and saying, give God credit. Give him glory. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Yes, he deserves it. We need to recognize that. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Wow. Wow. Again, who's writing this and who are they writing it for? This is at a time when nation's fighting nation. And it's not, you know, we think of war, we often think of grand wars, World War I, World War II. The kind of wars these people were through were more like gang wars. Groups of people just going and trying to control certain areas. And yet he's saying to all those people, bring an offering to God. Get to know God. Come to his courts, because he's worth it. The glory to his name. The invitation goes on in verse 9. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. God's holy. And when you enter into worship, you share his holiness. You share that moment with him. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. I love that. 
too easy to go among nations and say, you're a sinner. That's not the message. The Lord reigns. There is someone that you've been looking for. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. That's good news. Usually we think of judgment as kind of a little bit bad. No, no, no. This psalm talks about judgment as a really good thing. God's going to take care of it. He's going to work it out. He's going to raise up those who deserve it and lower those who don't. He'll take care of it. Don't worry. He'll take care of it. So this invitation is to all the families of the peoples, the nations, the Gentiles, everybody. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength and worship him. You get to know him. You get to talk to him. Come on, people. It's good. And then we get to the third part, which is a celebration. And I think the songwriter is almost giddy at this point. I mean, he's listed some good scientific reasons and theological reasons to worship God, but then, then, then we just get silly with it. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Yes, even sharks and barracudas. Let the field exalt. Has your backyard exalted lately? Everything in it. This songwriter has this vision of just all of creation recognizing who God is and saying, wow, the celebration. And then he ends with, then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Creation is waiting. Creation is waiting for the Savior too. Before the Lord, for he comes, he comes to judge the earth. That's a good thing. He comes to set things right. He comes to set people free. He comes to bring justice and mercy to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. So the celebration part of the psalm, this talks about the heavens and the earth and the sea and the field and the trees of the forest. Creation knows its creator. And they like him, <laughs> he who gives them life. And he will judge the world in righteousness. We will all, we will all know our creator. So there's three interesting aspects the songwriter talks about, but here's the trick. None of it is new. You can find the same information in other psalms, in the writings of Moses, in the prophets, and yet, this psalm begins with, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. And then the song goes on to repeat stuff that everybody has heard before. So is the songwriter crazy? <laughs> or is he looking at things differently, looking at an idea that we need new? And new in our walk with God, new in our spiritual growth, is not necessarily new information, although we continue to learn more about God. New is how we experience it. When you're typing, you know, use different fonts. And the font that people use tells you something about the message. So we have Times New Roman, which is boring and adult. 
right? That's what you're supposed to use for official things. Bradley hand is one of those that looks like you kind of wrote it out with your hand. That's kind of more casual. Impact, boom, it just, just you know, blasts right there. Hardly room for space between the letters. Tretatillo, I think is how that's pronounced. But there, there you want something gothic, something that looks like you could have written it in blood on a wall, you know? Partylet. That, that's for birthday invitations and maybe garage sales. Sometimes you're feeling, when you're feeling silly or giddy, it's just letters. Wow, letters, all right, let's use letters. There is another font, though, some of you probably heard of. It's called Sans Forgetica. Yeah, it's supposed to be kind of a joke in the name, but the name captures what it is. Oh, you know what? That font changed it. Do you have the slide with the picture or not? Okay. No, okay, doesn't work, doesn't matter. You can look it up. Sans Forgetica is a font that has all the letters but pieces missing in them. And it was designed at a university in Australia, and it was designed for students who have to read tons of stuff. That's not what it looks like, by the way, but you can look it up. But professors and students designed this so that when you read it, it doesn't look right. This piece is missing. And the idea is that when you read it, you have to actually think about it more. I mean, we've all had the idea, you know, you're reading through a novel, and you get to the bottom of the page, and you go to the page, and you think, wait a minute, I have no idea what I just read. My eyes were doing the job, but I was thinking about ordering pizza or whatever, get to the bottom, I don't know who done it. You gotta go back and reread the page and think about it. Because we get coasting along with the familiar and we just lose track of it. We go into cruise control. We don't think about it. Sans forgetting is a font that you have to think about. And so it was designed for students at universities to read in this font and it keeps them awake because their brain, every letter of their brain goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's that, what's that, what's that? Because you have to think a little harder about it. So, it's, so you take in more information. It's like every word is new. Because you've never seen it written like that before. It's a wonderful idea. Now, of course, people are going to get used to that, and they'll have to come up with another font. But that's okay, too. But it's, it's throwing something new into the old to keep us awake. Remember the first time you were behind the wheel in the car? that first driving lesson, you saw everything. Every sign, every pedestrian, every cat. Maybe a UFO could be up there. So you're just, you're, you're, you're taking everything in. You kind of get used to it. Well, yeah, I've done this before. And then maybe a couple years down the road, maybe some of us a couple months, some of us maybe a couple days. We, we're just sitting there like, oh yeah, I don't even think about this anymore. And it's fine, you could drive down a highway for an hour and not think, not, when you look back, you can't remember actually what was there, what you saw. You don't remember every turn. Because you're in cruise control. Your mind takes over and it says, yeah, I got this. Go ahead, Brian, you can think about pizza. I ain't going to drive the car for you. I don't have to think, I don't think about it. Now, if something unexpected shows up, like a cow or a deer or another driver, well, then your brain says, Brian, wake up. There's something new and you've got to figure it out. Yeah, okay, well, I know what I'm doing. And then slowly, a couple seconds later, we're back into cruise control. In fact, they even designed cruise control for our cars. 
so we don't have to have to worry about our foot moving. You know, we can really just. I heard, I heard this a while ago, and I, I, I expect it's true, but in some places they actually have a, you know, well, they're, they're looking at driverless cars, but they're looking at car, the thing you can put in your car with it reads the white line in the middle of the road, so you actually don't even have to steer. These driverless trucks, that there is a guy in there, but you only need one guy, and he can be asleep, because the truck will wake him up if something unexpected, something new is happening. Otherwise, it's just cruise control. And it's very easy in our spiritual lives to just settle into cruise control. I know all the important stuff. I've sung all the important songs. I've done the good stuff. Taught Sunday school, was a youth sponsor. I give to the church. I support a missionary. And then our mind can do other things. It can worry about retirement. It can lust. It can do a lot of things if we are not intentional in our spiritual walk. If we're not making choices in our spiritual growth. So the idea of a new song is not about new information. It's about making it new to us, making it new to you, making it a new experience. I've mentioned before that my dad was an avid Bible reader. And for several years, he read through the Bible in a year. You know, some of you have that program, you read through it in a whole year. But what he did was every year he took a different translation. So even though I was reading the same text, it was different, it was new. He had to stop and think, well, wait a minute, this one uses that word, but that one used that word. And it, it was a way of just breaking out of cruise control. I speak a little bit of French, and I like to listen to French worship. Songs that I know in English, but in French. And then my mind has to go, wait a minute, oh, they're using that word, and, and I have to think about it, because it's easy to put on worship music and just, you know, go into a trance. But no, with French, yeah. So I don't speak any Spanish, but every now and then I put on Spanish worship. You know, songs that I know, and then I, I, my brain's going, wait a minute, yeah, 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 because it's new. I'm thinking about the song in a different way. This is why we need to learn new songs. Nothing wrong with the old songs. Church history has amazing songs. The Hebrew people had amazing songs before that. It's good to look at them and learn them. For some of us, they are new. But we need new. We need fresh. So let's look at proclamation again. How is this new to us? What is the new song about proclamation? Yep, you have proclaimed God's salvation. You have proclaimed his glory. You know that he made the heavens. You know their strength and beauty in a sanctuary. But how are you going to experience it new? How is it going to be a new song for you? What are you going to do about it instead of just letting it happen to you? What about invitation? Oh, families of the peoples, that leaves no one out. And it's great if you've been working with a certain people and you, you know, you've expressed the gospel to this people. Maybe it's just your own family. Or maybe it's a group in town. What's a new group you could try to communicate to? You'll have to learn something new. You'll have to learn to put it in new words. You have to learn a new song to help people ascribe glory and strength to the Lord. What about a new celebration? How are you going to celebrate 
the old in a new way. What's an aspect of God you haven't really worshipped him about yet? You're comfortable worshipping him as, what, the savior, the guide, the, the, the helper, the, I, I don't know. What, but what's a new thing about God that you're going to worship him for? A new aspect of his character you're going to focus on for a little while just because it's him and you want to know him better and you're going to give him the praise that he's due. What is the new song? What is the new song? God doesn't change. We know that. We're changing, and our relationships change. My parents have both passed away. Last time I saw my dad, he was late 80s. As I entered the room, he grabbed me by my arms and swung me around, threw me up on his shoulders, and we walked through the... Of course not. He did that a long time ago, you know, when I was at least half this size. But our relationship changed. God doesn't change, but you're changing. So how is your walk with God today different than it was last week, last month, 20 years ago? What's new? What's the new things you want to be in your relationship with God? How are you going to get to know Him better? How are you going to get to know Him better? And there's lots of ways of doing that. And, and as a church, there's lots of ways that we do it together. Maybe you haven't been in a Bible study, join a men or a women's Bible study. Never been in a small group, join a small group. Get to know people in a different way. Get to know different groups of Christians. Maybe you need something a little more radical. Again, you know, we'll help you get a program to read through the Bible in a year. Anything else like that you need? We have freedom session. It's where people bring their life to God, to His Word. And they learn new things about themselves. Some things they hadn't wanted to admit before. Pains and suffering and sorrow and maybe addictions. They learn to look at all of that in a new way as God gives them freedom. It's been used, you know, we've had it many years here at the church. It's, it's growing, spreading around the world. And the information in that program is amazing. Lots of people have found new life in God with the help of that program, whether they were literally suffering from extreme addiction or simply had a problem forgiving people, were bitter, or had a low opinion of themselves, always put themselves down. And you can find freedom. You can find a new song. But go for that purpose. Join the Bible study for that purpose. Go to the men's retreat for that purpose. Expect something new, not a different God, but something new in your relationship with God, something new in your celebration of God. And in a few minutes, we are also going to celebrate communion. And some of you have done it every month for years, and it's wonderful. It's a wonderful pattern. What's new about it? What's new about it for you today? What is your new song? The Lord God created the heavens and the earth and all that is in it. Things you have never seen and will never see. Flavors you haven't tasted yet. 
colors you have never seen mixed like that in a painting book. The Lord God made. What's your new song? How are you going to experience the Creator in a new way? The Lord God sent His only begotten Son as a sacrifice for us, taking into consideration our entire lives. What's a new aspect of that you want to look at? What's your new song of salvation? What's your new song? Some of us have gotten patterns where we just, we just know I'm going to fail in that way. I'm going to keep doing that. I shouldn't, but I do. What's your new song of freedom? What's your new song of salvation? What are you going to change? How are you going to be more godlike in your relationships? What's your new song going to be? As we sang this morning, Jesus rose from the dead. That's pretty cool. Walked around proving to everybody that he was still alive. That's pretty cool. Then he ascended to heaven. And because of that, we have access to all of the riches in glory. What's your new song? How do you want God to invade your life over this next year? What's your new song? What do you want to celebrate a year from now? Start opening it up today. What is your new song?